Welcome to the Nerd Tutorial Podcast, a podcast offering discussions and tutorials about nerdy subjects for people who aren't necessarily nerdy themselves. With you today is myself, your nerdy tutor, George, and with me today, Junior Weeb, my mom. Junior Weeb! Yes, remember. So, this is kind of a continuation from our last, one of our very first episodes on Japanese animation, where today we're discussing Japanese comics, or as we, as they're colloquially called in Japan as well, manga. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm real curious about this. So, um... So I don't really want to go into the history of comics because the com- the history of like Japanese comics probably predates to about the 15 and 1600s. Oh wow! Yeah, like n- there's never they don't they didn't exist in the way we kind of know of them now, or even kind of in the way like Charlie Brown kind of existed in a long period ago, or even like very early like Spider Man and you know Captain uh, Captain America, Superman, like. They existed as kind of like funny pictures, as it were. So, like, the history of Japanese manga is really, really old in that particular sense. Um, and I don't think it would add anything to the conversation in a lot of way. Okay. Um, so instead, I kind of wanted to go about what more modern manga is kind of like instead. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of what I wanted to talk about here, so... Um, if you remember back in our original uh, episode about ja- Japanese animation, a lot of Japanese animation is actually originally based on Japanese comics, and a lot of it become. And if your series is popular enough as an as a manga, it can become an anime in a lot of cases. Um, and so that's kind of the genesis of where a lot of manga comes from, or a lot of anime rather comes from, is either in manga format which is original you know which usually it's, it's at least a hundred chapters before they start going into it although i wish there was often more but that's a completely different problem oh. uh, because what happens here is that a lot of the time when japanese animation they'll do be they're able to do about two to three ep- two to three chapters in a single episode and if you go and if you spend like a long-running shonen series which can be sometimes upward of four or five hundred chapters you run into a problem real quickly where like after you do about maybe a hundred you know chapters that's maybe about 40 to 50 episodes and you can get caught up real quickly in some cases especially if your thing is really battle focused or action focused um because you can kind of condense a lot of that action into a much smaller format in an, in an a shorter animation. time frame. Yeah, like there is um, one of my favorite shows, Bleach, um, has a giant sword fight that in the manga lasts for about four to five weeks, and when you consider that this is a weekly publication, that's an entire month. In the show, though, it lasted for about an episode and a half. Oh. So like, what was this really kind of super drawn out sort of fight was kind of condensed because all the action kind of took place in the middle there. So, and okay. that's just an example here. So, um, so I mean, what would be some of your favorite anime that came from manga? Some of those are going to be your review topics, so oh, I don't okay. want to talk about them necessarily. Okay. All right. Um, but to know what kind of modern manga is is to kind of know kind of where I come up with the the term the kitchen sink syndrome. Okay. And what I call the kitchen sink syndrome is basically somebody trying whatever they can including the kitchen sink 
Japan is notorious for trying any and everything. It's why Japan comes... It's why you always hear stuff about weird stuff in Japan. You know, this notion that, like, this show's about this dude with with octopus arms, with tentacles everywhere. It's like, that came from Japan because somebody tried something and a lot of people actually liked it. So they kept going with it. Versus where here in America, like, if you want to do something, you'd have to get, like, a panel together to decide whether this is of interest or not. But that's not fair because people don't know if, they, if they're interested in it or not until they kind of actually experience it. You okay. know, that's why that's why you have pilots. Yeah. In a lot of cases, TV shows do pilots and it has to see if it's even worth going into it because you don't know if it's actually going to be popular or not or if it's even worth, you know, trying to do it all. And so, but even then, there's super focused tests. They're laser focused here, like... Japanese manga is not really quite like that in a lot of cases. I mean, like, yes, there's a group of people that kind of, like, will decide whether your thing gets through or not, and there's editors involved in it, but for the most part, like, if they see something that's kind of interesting to them, they'll put it in their book and give it a shot. So, um, to talk about manga, though, is to talk about a couple different genre of manga here. So, um... And they're not that dissimilar from Japanese animation at all. So you get to, like, uh, Shonen, which is for kind of, like, young boys and young men. Um, this is kind of your uh, typical sort of Japanese animation, like Naruto, One Piece, basically anywhere in which kind of, like, boys are kind of fighting with one another or there's kind of a fight sort of aspect going on or if it's aimed toward boys. A lot of that is also... Well, oh, okay, so something like Dragon Ball Z? Yes, was very much... It was one of the very first... One of the original Shonen, shonen Jump uh, things on there in so the in what, the 80s. Very, was very, that a manga? Very popular manga that started off as. Oh, very, very interesting. Okay. Actually, to speak of Dragon Ball Z, so there's a thing that happens where the main character originally has black hair and then it suddenly turns to gold hair. And it's... He's a race of... He's a race of aliens called a Saiyan, which are very indistinguishable from humans, except that they're, like, really strong and can fire, like, energy out of their hands. And if he gets angry enough and builds up enough power, he's he'll get even stronger to the point in which his hair grows very spiky and starts spiking upward instead of outward and goes golden in color. Originally, you gotta remember that Japanese comics are all in black and white for the most part. Oh, they're not colored. Well, some things are colored. Not okay. the majority of it is not colored. Okay. So the original reason for them going this Super Saiyan route is that the artist Akira Toriyama didn't want to keep using so much black ink on his on his art because he would literally have to soak the page in so much black ink. To get the hair to to get the hair everyone's hair black, yeah. And he wa- and back in the this point in the time he wasn't really distinguishing you know lines in the hair because black hair doesn't usually get distinguished a whole lot. Uh huh. And so it was just this clump of black hair, and a lot of his characters had black hair. It's a lot of dark on a page. Yeah, and at the same time as well, oftentimes you'd either run out of ink, which was more expensive, or. Sometimes ink would bleed through pages when printing sometimes. So they came up with the idea that a superpower was their hair went 
white in the in the comics, but was translated to kind of a golden color. Okay. And this you'll see quite a bit, where some characters in the when you look at them, they either have like a black hair or a white hair sort of thing. Okay. And then when you see them in the color art, you'll see that they have either gold hair, pink hair, like like a light blue sort of hair, or like kind of like a seafoam green kind of color. And then the people who have dark hair maybe have brown hair or um, brown hair, purple hair, red hair, stuff like that. They're not quite. Okay. They're not quite, you know, just one way or another. Okay. And so that's where you will see kind of some colored images at. A lot of the time the colored images are uh, for covers of their of their volumes of their stuff, which they call Tonkobans. Okay. Uh, or for the cover pages of the magazines that they have. Okay. So um, most Japanese animation that you'll find out there is in one of two different formats. I'm, I'm completely sidetracking myself, so sorry. Um, so let's go back to the types of mangas that there okay. are. So Shonen, Shonen is kind of like the premier sort of style of, of manga here. It's usually meant for young men, young boys, not young boys, but like adolescent boys, teenagers, and young men. Yeah. Um, you get to shoujo manga. This is more kind of girly manga that's aimed more toward girls. Now, this is often where you'll get magical girl series, a lot more romance-heavy series. Um, and again, all those are aimed... Sailor Moon. Sailor Moon, very much originally a shoujo series. Um, and also a magical girl series as well. Yeah. Um, okay. And that's kind, of the, the spe- that's kind of the venue you'll see for that. You have uh, Kodomo, which is like very young children. Like five, six, seven-year-olds starting to read. It's like, you know, like... Like your early kind of like Berenstein Bear kind of book sort of things. Oh. If that makes sense. Okay. There's comics for them too. Okay. Um, and then they even have stuff for adults as well. And when I say adult, I don't mean like triple X rated. I mean more mature audiences. Okay. You know, this is your, you know, this is a movie being an R rated movie when really it's just about like a very touchy topic. PG-13. But yeah, yeah. P- PG-13 in that sense. And you have Senin, which is kind of more, which kind of encompasses all of it, really, but like it's meant for mature adults, mostly males. And you have Jose, which is more themed for toward women, older women. Really? Yes. Yeah, so they do okay. have they do have stuff like that. And typically what you'll find of like Senin and, and Jose kind of stuff, where there's not really an enemy and they're more dealing about their own kind of hangups or their own kind of like, or they're often about topics that like really wouldn't be appropriate to like young adults, you know, not necessarily the most popular sort of stuff that you might have out there. So something kind of about like, like nuclear war in some cases is generally not something you generally talk a lot about in, shonen manga and even when there are wars they don't really show like the travesty of the travesty of war and all the negative aspects of war it's more like war is a background setting but not like the actual like repercussions of war if you will so a lot of like but even then like sometimes it's about complex sort of emotions you know like sometimes it might um i'm trying to think of a good set in manga here 
Um, well, I would imagine manga geared towards adult women mm-hmm. would be drama manga of sorts. There can they can be a little bit more drama y. Um, there's a good one I know of where it's three people that have this weird triangle relationship with each other and each of them have very different sort of gender norms about each other. Oh. So like one of them is a woman who has kind of always been a little bit of a tomboy, but like when she got to college, she just started dressing like a boy, like a guy. Uh-huh. And people kind of forget that she's actually a girl. But then when she goes home, she secretly goes home, puts on her old school uniform, and kind of, you know, masturbates to it. Oh, cool. Okay. And then you have another person who is very cute, but in not in, is very, very cute and very petite looking, who while she goes to college in her nighttime, she dresses up in her school uniform and hooks up with older men so that she can make money off of them thinking that they're getting on with a younger woman. Okay. And then there's like a third there's a third person here who's actually a guy who cross dresses as a woman because he thinks that's how he relates with other people. Okay. So again, very complex emotions and feelings. He, and does he also dress as a schoolgirl? At one point, yes. Okay. Because so. that seemed to be the, the running thread there. Oh it's a little bit of a th- of a thread in that, yeah. So so are there romance non- mangas? Yes. Those those kind of can fall on a number of different fields. Again, like, um, if you're in kind of a shoujo kind of area, there's a very innocent sort of love sort of thing that happens in a lot of cases. Uh-huh. It's uh, very much of a sort of, uh, I really like you, but I don't know how quite to express my emotions, how much sort I like, like you. tuxedo mask and... Kind of like that. Um, uh, it's kind of hard to explain. It's very much kind of like the... Like, I love you so much that I don't really, can't really quite understand, can't quite express how much I love you, but also just kind of like, it's hard to explain because I don't read a lot of those. I yeah. don't find those of interest. Um, yeah. The alternative to that might be in a, um, in a shonen manga, which be, which would be what they call a harem manga. And a harem is usually where you have one guy with multiple girls that either he's trying to have a relationship with one of these girls somewhere along the way or all of them are trying to ha- all the females are trying to have a relationship with him sort of a, a bachelor manga yeah very much kind of like a bachelor or bachelorette's kind of thing because there's also reverse harems where it's the guys going after the girl and the girl like trying to like just survive against all these really cute guys trying to get with them manga in paradise yes so, there we go. Um, there's a lot of comedy manga as well. Um, keep in mind, Japanese for comedy love their puns. So a lot of the times, like two words that sound kind of similar, will get kind of used like a will get used together in a lot of cases, and that's funny to the Japanese. Okay. I don't. It's that would be hard hard for somebody who isn't fluent in Japanese. To get to you understand absolutely, yeah. but it'd be in a lot of the same way in saying that like, um, oh God, I had a pun here a lot too long ago, um, or my version of what is literal humor, like I love literal humor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, th- but that's popular there too. Like you mentioned something and you're actually talking about something else. Yeah. So that's popular in Japan as well. Um, 
there's even certain types of uh, comic styles. So you have obviously comedy, you have fantasy, you have sci-fi, modern, detective, you know, noir. Um, you have just this broad gambit of comics in Japan. Okay. Um, and you have about a billion other magazines that go along with that. Um, and now when I say magazines, I don't mean like um, like Time magazine necessarily. Um, so Japanese, com- Japanese comics and manga are usually divided, are usually in about 20 to 25 pages usually, sometimes more, um, if you're a weekly series. And weekly I mean like literally your chapters come out every week. Now, are there, I assume there are special stores where you can buy these? Are you subscribed to them or...? You basically go down to Seven Eleven and buy them on a day. It can buy them on any given weekly basis. Some come out on Tuesdays. Some come out on Thursdays. Like there's a weekly Shonen. There's like Shonen Monday was the thing at one point, and weekly shown and week weekend Shonen was a deal as well. Um, there's some that come out once a month, and if it's once a, once a month, it might be anywhere from forty to forty-five pages. Sometimes a little bit more. That's a lot of drawing on a weekly basis. I mean, that's a lot of... That's, th- got, that's got to be more than one artist working on the comic. So I will get into kind of the process here in a little okay. bit, but I wanted to describe kind of the nature of it here. Um, so the magazines are basically how you get your comic out there. Um, the, ex- the lone exception to that is what they call a fan comic or a doshenshin, a doshenshi. And that can kind of be sold anywhere under the table almost because it's, it's fan it's fanfic it was fanfic and fan made in a lot of cases in some cases it's um using two different characters from a series and putting them together or adding more to a story that was already concluded or is going in a different direction or telling your own story with it it'd be as an example it'd be like lord of the rings if you decided to have like a story about Jamie and Cersei getting back together and going off and having an adventure alone. Okay. Like, kind of like that almost, in some cases. Um, the Shinshi are actually very popular in Japan because, unlike here in America, where a lot of, you, where you can't, if you were to do another comic and try to sell it here, like, like, if I were to make, like, an Iron Man comic and try to sell it to people, Marvel, Disney would be on top of me like nobody's business with copyright infringement. Right. In Japan, they Japanese artists consider that if you are into if you make a donshinchi or you make a fan work off of what I put effort into into make for you, they consider that a huge sign of respect because so, so sort of, sort of like mimicry is the the biggest compliment. Yeah, kind of like you know sincerest form of flattery. It's like yeah, you thought what I was doing was so cool. That you went and made something of it. You made something else on it and that inspired you to do it. Or inspired you to dress up like this character in some cases. Um, I had, When I was in 2007, 2008, would have been still in L.A. Um, I went to a convention that's called, that's called Anime Expo. It's one of the largest Japanese, conven- Japanese animation conventions. If not the largest here in North America. It's... When I was doing, going there, it was in the Anaheim Convention Center. Now it's in the LA Convention Center. It was about twice the size. Oh wow! Um, and when I was when it was in when it was in the Anaheim Convention Center, it was about forty five thousand people over the course of three to four days. 
Now it's anywhere about 70 to 75,000 people over the course of the three and four days at the LA Convention Center. It's wow. just massive, like on a completely different level that's hard to express. Um, but when we were in LA, I was dressing up as uh, a character from one of my favorite comics, Bleach, which is about like, which is called, which is a story that's kind of hard to explain. It's about grim reapers that look kind of like vaguely like samurai without all the armor um, that go out and put to rest people who are dead. And either send them to the afterlife, or if they be, or if they've been around for too long as dead people, they turn into bad guys at one point, and you have to defeat the bad guys. Okay. I was dressing up as one of the characters, and we and I happened to be with a bunch of other people that were also dressing up as other characters because the show's got like a billion characters in it. Okay. Um, and we met the editor for we met one of the editors who was working on that manga. And we took a bunch of pictures with him, and, like, apparently, like, we later heard that, like, when the editor got back to Japan, the guy who drew it was, like, so impressed that everybody in America was so enamored by his stuff that he was doing in Japan. Oh, wow. Because it was on his, it was, he, on his blog, he later, in his blog, he later said that, like, my editor has gone to, gone to America to the conventions, and I've been to conventions in America it's amazing to see how much you guys love what I do when I barely have a chance to, to take a rest to enjoy it as well. Yeah, that's um, probably true. Yeah. Um, so you have these different mangas, but uh, magazines, and they usually will consider, like, as an example here, the one I'm going to ex- use the most example for is Shonen Jump, because the one that's actually most well-documented okay. at one point here. Shonen Jump is a long-running Japanese magazine series. It's part of the sh- uh, Jump series of stuff they have multiple different manga volumes of magazines that they have they have a once monthly sort of thing that they do they have a weekly one that they do they have a second other one that they do here as well so is it like a brand yes okay very much a brand it's even here in the west too okay um so what you'll get is you'll get a book about the size of the of our um mixer here so about two two and a half two, two to three inches yeah. thick and it's full of probably about two to three hundred pages worth of comics in it each one about 20, 20 pages long, and along with advertisements as well. Okay. And typically in that book, you'll have anywhere from about sixteen, anywhere from about sixteen to seventeen ongoing series, and then you'll have about one or two specialty chapters in there. And the specialty chapters are either like test runs of something that somebody wants because they want to see if this will be a good yeah. month, a weekly series to do based on people's opinions of it. Um, or sometimes there are anthologies where sometimes you'll have, like, an artist who's been with Shonen Jump before is doing something special in it. You might have, like, oh, this is a final chapter. This is, like, a an epilogue to a, to a former chapter, something that's ended recently, or... To tell you what happened after... Yeah, afterwards. after yeah. the final bit here, like, weeks, months later, or sometimes, like, it's so... This was such a great sh- series that here is a short run of... Something like Kuroko Minobasuke, when it finished, like, six months later in the story, had, like, another basketball tournament that happened that lasted for another eight chapters, and which was a lot of fun to read. So they just continued to put those out every other week. And, and, and that's that series that I watched. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, which you're going to read about, too. Okay. You're actually going to read the scenes that you saw in the anime. 
Oh, really? That that'll be fun. Yes. Okay. As, as a as a test to see um, if you remember how much you remember it and how stuff is a little bit different here and there. Okay. Um, and I chose that because I, I initially wanted to choose all the same manga that you originally did as anime. Uh huh. But um, Senpai doesn't dream of Bunny Girl. Senpai was never a manga. It was a um, it was a light novel. I, I did I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That, that then and Gundam doesn't have a manga equivalent to it. But okay. no Basuke had a manga to it. Uh, Sailor Moon obviously had a very long running manga for it. Yeah. And Promise Neverland. But I thought about it, and I know you didn't like Promise Neverland, <laughs> so I didn't want to recommend. Promise I, Neverland was Soylent Green. Yes. Oh it was my hor- gosh. Yes. Um, I didn't want to put that one in there because I know you didn't have a good reaction to it. But I figured if I had at least one. Death that would of be small good. children, not my thing. I apologize for that. No, no, that's okay. No, I, I mean, I'm, I was actually glad you steered me that way. The, your selection was was marvelous because I got a, a little slice of everything, but one slice of, of that one is enough. Now, that one you can get pretty close to being called a set-in series at a certain point. Cause, but it's still considered a shonen series because technically the children are battling with Ma- with mother. Well, they're also ba- battling with monsters. I mean, yeah, but not but not directly though. They're yeah, battling with mother at the end of yeah. the day. Yeah, okay. So that's why it's, it's a, that's why it's more of a shonen series. Some sh- some setting series and Jose series can be kind of still like that as well. Yeah, mom's we're, telling people that they're getting adopted when they're getting fed to monsters. Uh, yeah. Again, but would you ever see a show like that? here in America. Oh gosh, no you couldn't. No, you'll never see a show like that in America so you'll never know, and how would you ever know if that would be interesting or not? Well, I think, so So I'm curious to see if manga strikes me the same way, but one of the things that I really enjoyed um, you know, with the, with the earlier things that I watched the anime, was um, it strikes me as very candid. And and the conversation struck me as being very candid and and you know some, somewhat intimate and candid in a way that I don't necessarily think that um, you typically see from even like more American stuff like yeah. a lot of the, again like I I think part of the problem with American television and this is just my opinion of it is that it's dominated by two different types of formats you have your in the in the evenings yeah you have your sitcoms which are meant to give you a bunch of laughs in a short half hour, not to necessarily continue or propagate a story at all. And then you have your drama series, which are either very dramatic and attempting to really make you like invest in the story, but sometimes not really in the characters at all. Well, and not into characters. They're into some sort of event that's going to happen. Or they're into in, this narrated story, but not in, necessarily about in the character. In a hospital, in a law firm, in a whatever. In a hotel. In a hotel, yeah. Yeah. It's but all about this overarching story that's happening, and these other characters are kind of just moving along through it. Yeah. But they're so, not about the characters at all. They're about this events all happening. Well, and I guess my observation would, would be there, um, the they're about confrontation and in some form or another and what i liked about the anime was that it explored relationships between people and let people have conversations that that weren't um about confrontation they were more about how they felt yes 
and and so I appreciated that. So I'm curious as to whether manga strikes me the same way. I think it will. I chose some. I, I chose some interesting stuff. I think. Um, so and I'll, and I'll and I'll tell you about how what I chose here, um, in a little bit. Um, but we're talking about the manga magazines. Let's talk about how manga is actually made. So. You're not wrong that it's not one person drawing it the entire time. It's actually usually a small team of people, but there's usually one person that's the main artist. Okay. Um, and so you'll have one main artist, they're usually known as a mangaka, and what you'll have is assistants. And now, depending on what kind of manga you have, if you have a lot of things going on in the background or a lot of interesting sort of scenes or things like that, you might have anywhere from three to four assistants not all week usually usually maybe two or three times a week and those assistants might actually be working on other people's manga as well in order oh. to keep their job so you'll have a person that does like background sort of stuff and then you'll have another person that does additional characters in the backgrounds or like books and objects like that um, if you're working on a like a, if you're working on something that has a very detailed sort of thing, like motorcycles, for example, uh-huh. maybe you don't draw motorcycles very well, but you find an assistant who does draw motorcycles very well. You could have okay, so you could have somebody who just did um, battle scenes. Well, not necessarily battle scenes, but they might do all the background stuff for battle oh, scenes. Okay. Like they might do like like they may be really good at creating craters in the ground and and dis- like destroying yeah. backgrounds or. You might have somebody if you're in a, if you're sitting instead in a downtown, maybe they're really good at making the background buildings look like they're real, like you're in perspective for some sort. Like if you're like in a kind of a yeah. sideways angle, maybe they're the ones that help with the parallax of the buildings. Okay. To make the buildings look quite right. Or great, great use of that word. I tried. I got, I got a, I got a big vocabulary. I'm told. No, Par- parallax is a very underused word. We use it, we use it in architecture all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um, if you're in a show that has a lot of forest and trees and animals, you might have a person that just does those trees and those animals because that's kind of the necessity for you. Well, I mean, we hire bugs and bunny people all the time. It's yeah. literally what we call them. Yeah, and again, and again, and again, you might have specialty sort of people that would help you on that. And a lot of these people, though, a lot of these um, assistants, some of them are professional assistants. They want to be full-time assistants for their full-time assistants and they don't really need want to make their own stuff they want to help make whatever they have great and you might have you might in all honesty have an assistant that's with you for years um very very frequent very recently here um you had um a very long-running series that went for 15 years of weekly comics over 700 chapters is a show was a series called naruto I've, I've heard of Naruto. And you've heard of Naruto. Now, six about a year later, a sequel to that followed up called Boruto, which is the son of Naruto. And it's actually done by one of the assistants for of the guy who did Naruto. So it's the assistant now doing the follow-up to it. With, well, th- I mean, he would know the characters, he would he, know the he style. Would, would, he, would, he would know the characters. He's got kind of his own kind of little twist on the characters, which okay. some people like and some people don't. I'm of the opinion that it's fine. Okay. It's it's not what I want, but it's perfectly serviceable and fine. Well, you know, You're gone, never gonna gone get, with the wind had a number of sequels, and nobody could come into agreement as to what the sequel should be. 
It, well, and again, it's very much as if like, it's as if they did the Matrix as an example, mm-hmm. and then a completely different studio did the follow-up movie for it and had different actors in it. Like, okay, who's to say who was really the better actor and who wasn't the better actor? And where is your version lying in where somebody else's version doesn't? Yeah, you know. Um, so that's an example here. So you might have multiple editors now. What you initially do every what you initially do though is when you want to draw a comic, you have to you have an editor that you're assigned when you when you're doing comics, and this editor doesn't help you necessarily write the story, but helps you point you in the direction of the story. They're they help you kind of come up with ideas and help. Sort of a storyboard. Kind of a storyboard, kind of a sounding board, even too. Like okay. this is where I want to go, and the editor might tell you, "Hmm, this isn't really that interesting, though, by comparison." Okay. Or they might ask you, you know, like, "Hmm, in three weeks you're going to be having cover art pages at the beginning of the comic, or colored pages. You might want to aim whatever you're going to do for those colored pages in the story." Okay. To have it, have so, it you kind land, of link, so you land there, yeah. So you land it better. Or they might tell you, like, hmm, this is dragging on a little too long, and people don't like this character. Are you doing something with it, or is it character we can kill and get rid of or not need anymore? Like, it becomes expendable. Yeah, and your editor's really there to kind of help guide you guide you in a little bit. They're not... They're not... They're, uh, I'm trying to find a great example of it here. They're like a... They're like lines in the road in the dri- in the road when you're driving. Okay. You don't have to necessarily follow them, but following them generally tends to get you to the places you want to get to with the least destructive effort. I've been in countries where they don't follow them at all. Well, I know some countries don't even have them. This is true too. Yeah. So, uh, and oddly enough, everyone just gets by perfectly fine without the lines in the road. Yeah, try to cross the street. Yeah. No. No. no yeah. That too. Um, so again, you have an editor. Usually what you'll give to the editor is what you call a, a name. And I don't, don't ask me why they call it a name in Japan. It's just kind of the way it is. Basically what it is, it's a, like, if you've ever watched, like, an, if you've ever watched, like, storyboarding for movies and animation, you'll know that, like, the drawings are kind of super quick and very basic almost. And you kind of, it's kind of how you're just kind of figuring out where everything goes and the outline for everything. Uh-huh. You'll give one of these to your editor, and your editor will kind of look at it and give it a once-over and be like, yay or nay on it. And then you'll give it back to you with either like notes and revisions on it, or we should do something else instead. So you're not always giving him a final product, because obviously to do the final product would take a while. Yeah, So you, get you don't want to have to redo it. Precisely. Yeah. Um, and in some cases, it's going to be very hard to do it, because while you might do the initial stuff in pencil, then you've got to ink it. Yeah. And a lot of the ink is not done digitally at all. It's all done... Really? It's, yeah, there's very few artists that do stuff digitally right now. Because a lot of it's all about the pen and the paper and having that correct stroke work and everything. And there's again, there's very few... There's new, There are new artists that are getting into the digital aspect of it. But a lot of it's still done by hand, photocopied with really nice photocopiers. And given directly to the guy, the the editor, to literally in a little vanilla folder, take it to be pre- taken to the print shop. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, um, there's some editors again that just kind of run around doing this all the time. Yeah, so you get your name decided, and then you'll go through the process of drawing it. And 
depending on what your flow and your schedule is and when you have your assistance, you're basically working on the manga six to seven days a week. Wow. But it would require that. It would. And and again, and I don't mean like six to seven days for like an eight-hour job. I mean in a lot of cases like 10 to 12 hours. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of artists in Japan and especially in the anime industry where they work really, really hard and they almost never take a break because they're on a weekly series. Because the concern is that if you take a break at all, somebody's got to replace you and that thing might be more interesting than whatever you had beforehand. So when I say that like the guy from Naruto did 700 plus chapters, he did it on a weekly basis with the exception that he might get a week's break here or there but usually even then during that week break he was still working for the most part on more stuff or occasionally in some cases future storylines either future storylines in some cases what some animators might do is that if you are the guy from naruto you might be asked to make new characters for a video game coming out or the anime that's going on you might be asked to sit in on production meetings for it you know like there's a lot of you know if you get more popular you might just be doing the one thing and, and animating and drawing it, but you might be asked to, to do additional stuff for it so that way you can get more popular. Um, and then keep in mind, these people don't own the characters at the end of the day either. The production, the co- co- the the production, production company, company owns them at the end of the day. So like back in the day when Capitol Records owned Beatles music. Or as it is kind of right now, like if you go back to... Now, if you go back to like Stan Lee is a great example here. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby created... A lot of what the modern superhero and Avengers were, like they did create Thor, Iron Man, um, the Hulk. They created a lot of these characters, like Wolverine and everything, but like they don't own those characters. Right. Marvel owned those, owned yeah. owns those characters. Like famously, the guy who came up with Wolverine came up with Wolverine for one comic to fight the Hulk. And it was later retcon that Wolverine was actually a mutant who was an X-Men. Years, years years later later. but again I mean like or not necessarily years later but like a couple months later and that's an example here that like he made the character but he didn't get a dime off of it same thing with like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and a lot of these early creators here they made a lot of these comics without ever actually you know they basically got paid for the work that they did but never got any royalties off of what they did and I'm only, my only saving grace here is at least Stan Lee got to be in the movies, and maybe that was like a fun little tribute. Stan Lee always gave the impression that he was like a really kind of cool cat at the end of the day. Like, he was always yes, very nice did. and yeah. sweet, and I think he would have looked at the fact that he got to be in these movies just like, <laughs> look at me. Everything I've ever made is in movies. Yeah. And I'm in movies. Yeah. I, I would love to think that that was the impression. Like, if I, if I created like a cool thing, like, I want to be in it in some way, shape, I don't care if I'm just a background character. Like, if you, as an example here, um, there's a movie called Hellboy, originally starting as a comic. I, I know of Hellboy. Yeah, uh, I've not seen it. Played brilliantly by Ron Perlman. I think it's, yeah. I think it's one of his best roles he's ever done because he just matches it so perfect. Um, he, he played the Beast once too. He did. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, there's a scene where both the guy who created the uh, comic book um, Hellboy. And the director for the movie are background characters in it. That's cute. I, you know, again, if I make something that's really that cool, I want to be just 
some tiny background character. Yeah. And a lot of Marvel movies, again, if we go back to Spider-Man, uh, the latest Spider-Man movie, uh-huh. do you remember the one of the guys the ball, that was bald that was doing all the computer programming for yeah. the holograms? Yeah. If you go back, he goes back to when they were at the first Iron Man movie. That's a producer. Oh, wow. He was a producer on the first... Spy- he was one of the producers for the first Iron Man movie. Oh, very cool. And he's obviously been with the Marvel Studios for a while here now doing other stuff, but he was originally a producer on that first movie. That's pretty cool. And he again, he shaved, He literally went, in, went into the back, he shaved part of his head off to get kind of this like bald kind of look on there to play one of the scientists and engineers working on the... One of the resentful people who yeah. turns against, yes. Yeah, so... There's a great example. Again, like if I could do it, I would do it. But these, yeah. but if you go back to like these Monica and even the animators, like they might hide themselves somewhere in there, maybe. But like they really live and breathe this comic for years. A lot of them, like when the guy who did Naruto finally stopped Naruto, like they they asked us, like, "Okay, well, what are you gonna do right now?" It's like I'm gonna take a nap. Yeah, I bet. I've never taken a nap before. I want to see what it's like. But and a lot of these people have kids and wives and families that they routinely maybe only get a couple hours with every single day because this work and I would wow. feel I feel really I, I one part of me feels like really bad about it but the other hand it's like dude you made like this really really cool thing I can't not say how cool this is but I feel bad that you've kind of missed out on some of your own family's life to entertain me yeah so um for everything that comes out from Japan, American people love it to death. Well, and it's my understanding that the French are very into it as well. Oh, yeah. French are very... Everywhere around the world... Well, more so than the United States. I don't know about that necessarily. Oh, okay. But, but, um, but there is a thing, such a thing known as... Um, in Japanese animation, there's people who literally will watch the show pause it every five seconds to write down what they're literally saying and translate it for us. In animation in animation terms, that's known as fan subbing. Mm-hmm. In manga form, it's known as scanlations, or trans- scanlations, essentially. Because you're scanla- scanning it in the original Japanese, and then you're translating it. That's cute. Okay. And some people, what they'll literally do is... What they'll do is they'll get... Um, the books from Japan, they'll buy the big magazines, uh-huh. they'll literally cut the spine off uh-huh. and then photocopy all the pages and then put them online for people to go and, scan and to go and translate. That's dedication. It's mm-hmm. a lot of scanning. Yeah. But again, I mean, from their point of view, like they're scanning it and they're down, they have all the chapters and everything on their computer. They have all the pages on their computer, so they don't really need the book anymore and they've got a nice high-end scanner to do it, hopefully. Yeah. And then they're producing it for the rest of the world to go in to translate. And people are mad about translating Japanese comics. People, there's entire groups of people that will, to, the, the, to do it. Like, they'll clean up, so again, like it's, the paper's kind of like a newspaper sort of. Yeah, kinda, it's a thinner paper. It's a very it's a thinner paper, it's often kind of grayish and recycled in a lot of cases. So you'll get people who actually clean up the pages so they're just in pure black and white. And they'll flesh out some of the tones as well. They also will get the dialogue boxes, and if there's, like, sometimes you might have, like, if you remember, like, Adam West Batman? Yeah. You'd have, like, pow, bang, like, pop-ups that happen? Yeah. 
some Japanese animation will have like the words that kind of scrawl across to kind of emphasize the noise that's supposed to be happening. They'll art that out and like put in like English stuff in there sometimes. Oh, well, they'll art out all the Japanese text and they'll replace it with English text. It's wow. a lot. It's where it's where the te- the typeface known as Comic Sans really gets most usage out of. Oh, that's cute. So because it's again it's Comic Sans and it's that's where it gets a lot of use in Japanese manga. It's um, actually pretty cool. Yes, it's the font I like. It's a good, it's a nice font. Yeah. It's just it's often considered a very childish font. You can't use it for work, unfortunately. Yeah, you can't, but. But if, you, cool. but if you did, like, cartoons or you did, like, artsy sort of stuff, you could theoretically use it. But even then, it's not very professional. Um, so, I think we can talk about some of the stuff I got for you here today. Oh, okay. So, well, ju- so, so I had a couple of follow-up questions, though, sure. to, to what you were saying. And one of them is... You know, to me, there was a heyday of uh, American comics. And it's probably mm-hmm. the 40s, 50s. It was a cheap form of, of entertainment at a time before TV. Yes. And um, does does Japanese parallel that? or? It kind of does. There was an... Um, starting in the early 2000s, so 2000, 1998, 1999, or 97. I can't remember when One Piece starts. Um, Japan, um, Shonen Jump had what they called the Big Three. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Big Three were Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. They were the hottest manga that were in the book. They always were at the top, like, um, top in the rankings. Uh-huh. Um, so this is what's interesting about Shonen Jump, is that um, they, rank their sh- they rank their anime based off of opinions from the people. Okay. So what they'll do is that at the end of, um, when you have a book here, you might, you'll have probably again like 15, 16, 17, maybe even 20 some odd titles in there. Uh-huh. The ones that do continually the worst will get replaced okay. with new stuff. So they're always looking for new stuff. Okay. Um, and the way they figure that out is that they'll, 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 there's a comic card in the back and they give you three choices of your favorite manga that week. And then you mail it back to them. And as a random sampling, they'll take 150 of the samplings, and that'll be their first preliminary sort of seeing who did how well. Mm-hmm. And then they'll rank the manga based off of which ones were mentioned the most. And then they'll do another one with about randomly 500 some odd uh, sampling here. Because again, they'll get hundreds and hundreds of samplings, yeah. but they'll only use like randomly 500. Usually, sometimes it's just 500 or so. Okay. And. Based off of those surveys, we'll decide whether your comic is popular or not. And your comic and the placement of the book might also depend. So if you're, like, buried kind of in the back, you may not be a very popular comic. So you're not following Two and a Half Men? Hmm? You're not following Two and a Half Men? No. That was always sort of the lead-in for some, something they wanted to be popular? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you're not, yeah, so you may not be following Two and a Half Men, and you might not have the prime 9 o'clock or 8 o'clock spot here at all. Um, You're at that awful 10 o'clock spot. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, that's an example here. Sometimes some people can pick up on that a little bit. Um, If it's in the back of the the magazine, there's some people in Shonen Jump, at least, will know, ooh, this may not be doing very well. You know, so this might get canceled soon. 
And okay. oftentimes when it gets canceled, it's not like an immediate sort of, okay, and you're done. But they do kind of give you, okay, you've got three to four chapters now to wrap up your... I was going to ask, because you don't want to leave it uncompleted. Some end up do. I mean, do the books... So, okay, so they come out in these in is these series. I'm assuming they don't stand alone. So, um, so typically what will happen here is that... Um, when they're inside the magazine, after you get a certain number of chapters, you'll have uh, Takabanu come out, and that's a volume of it. And that'll go on sale, and that's additional revenue that you might receive because okay. of it. Uh, and then a lot of artists get a lot of their money from the Takaban sales. So if you have a very popular manga that comes out, the sales of the books is a big kind of indication of how popular you are, too. Okay. So you might get a run of maybe like two or three hundred, you know, copies, but if you're very popular thing, you might get a run of, like, maybe 700 or 800 some odd stuff, and you might get repeat sort of people, like, we need to do another printing of this book. Okay. Because, people, because it's really popular. Because um, remember, like, in a lot, in a pre-digital era, these comics weren't saved on, on in digital format. So unless you were keeping the big, giant book the big giant books or buying the vo uh buy the big giant vo magazine volumes yeah you were having to buy the, the little volumes in order to be able to read it or to be able to to be continuous with it and keep it for your own record which okay. is a very popular thing to do um you, but you might also have uh but now in a slightly more digital age a lot of these comics are now coming out digitally with subscription services and things like that that let you read it kind of whenever you want and keep hold of it okay. so long as you're I mean, yeah, it's a subscription yeah it's yeah, kind of given kind given of, the current day and age kind of the way it's going here now um yeah. one of the websites you will go to is going to be the viz.com which is the japanese arm of jump comics in uh -huh. japan not necessarily the one-to-one -one translation but a lot of their stuff comes from jump and i think jump actually just flat out bought them at one point okay um but you'll actually going to read a lot of stuff from there okay um, here's an interesting misnomer that you'll see when you're reading the Japanese comics. You read from left, if you don't, in America we read from left to right. Right. In Japan you read from right to left. Oh, so I'm going to be going, turning the page and... You're actually going to go to, go to you're always going to want to go from like the top. In American comics what you do is you would start from the left hand corner and kind of move yourself across. Right. You know, you might go to the one to the left and then to the right back down and then back to the center piece and back yeah. down. In Japan, you're going to start from the right. So you'll start in the right-hand corner and kind of work your way around like you would a traditional comic page. But because you got to remember, like, Japanese language, like, writing is from the right to the left. Right. And usually it scrolls downward. Yeah. I mean, that was actually when we were taking the classes, that was what was difficult for me. Yeah. So, like, you might, you know, so for us, we, we typically would read a word, like, from letter to letter from from the left to the right. But in Japanese, you would read it from the right to the left. And often, you might also read it from, you know, you would probably actually... Nowadays, which in Japan is what I found, is you actually would read it from left to right. But typically, their style of writing used to be from up to down. So you would start from the... So a lot of their pages would be, like, like a grid sort of piece of paper with just lines down it um, mm -hmm. for boxes and we'd write the characters that you were trying to write as you would go down. Oh. Okay. 
So right, that, that of sorts makes sense. Yeah, and, and and again, it would make perfect sense if your language is typically from yeah. top to bottom. Yeah. But I think for a lot more Western kind of audiences, now it goes from right to left if it's being horizontal, and then if it's vertical, it goes up to down. Okay. Not untypical, not unlike our modern writing style. Okay. Um, that's a bit of a misnomer. Um, the other one I'm going to have in here for is called a four comma or a yon comma, uh, the four panel comic. These are popular in non uh, anime magazines. So you might have, um, there's a series of, of uh, magazines called New Type in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, they generally will always have at least one manga in there that's running some sort of like short run series. Um, that's usually about 30 pages long, usually, and usually like six, seven volumes of something. Um, new Type is where you get a lot of the cool anime news from. It's a very colorful sort of book. I have a lot of them because they're just great art piece, art piece books that have a lot of cool promotional images and cool kind of backgrounds and designs for them. Um, but what you might have in a book, and even not even that, you might have just like a fashion magazine um, mm-hmm. or a fashion book might have what they call a four-comma four comic, which is a comic that's basically a short comic in about four panels. And usually one, two, three, four. Okay. Occasionally they might be in a square, like one, two, three, four. But usually I've always seen them in like in a vertical fashion. So one at the top, two in the two in the second, three in the uh, three, and then four, okay. and they're all going vertically down. And they always tell like sh- they always and often what they'll do is you might have several of those of the same co- of the same series in the same book. Okay. They're all kind of telling a short story along the way or elements of the story. Okay. With the end of everyone having like a punchline of some sort of joke at the end of it. Okay. Um, so so, so do they tend to be humorous then? The four commas generally are more of the humorous type. They're more okay. of a gag style for the most part. I've never really seen a four comma comic that's really a... Um, action or a... Well, not necessarily an action because it's, it's hard to do a lot of action when you can't use the entire page in a lot of ways yeah. to do what you want with it. Yeah. Um, I've never really seen any series with it. I've always seen it for like more humorous stuff. Okay. Um, another kind, pop- of, kind of like what used to be in the funny papers? Very much so. Okay. So, Got it. Um, it, it. It almost probably exactly how you would think like a vertical comic in the in the, in the newspaper would be. Okay. Um, another style here was um, is actually becoming slightly more popular is like is actually online comics in Japan, especially. Okay. Um, there's a very popular show called One Punch Man, which originally started as a web comic, and the artist who was known as he called himself One had a really like ugly, ugly drawing style. Mm-hmm. Um, but his web comic was actually very popular because the. The story itself was actually very interesting. It's basically a guy who wants to be a superhero and dresses up like a superhero and everything. He has the cape, has a has a uniform and everything. Um, but he beats everything up in one punch. Too strong? He's way too strong. Okay. Like, he can dodge and move around really and every, really easily. Like, he's not... Agile? Sh- he's super agile, you know, practically indestructible, like... But like he's just always, he's, but he's also very kind of like, how do I describe it? Is um, meandering is not the best way to describe it. But like he's very boring. Okay. He he always has this kind of dead put dead put 
dead, dead kind of pan look on his face. He always ends up accidentally finding himself in these kind of situations. He's never trying to be a hero. He's trying to literally be a hero, but he ends up accidentally being a hero in most cases. Like, I think at one point here, like, you walk through somewhere of a mutated, like, fly or mosquito was attacking another person about to kill him, to kill this other person. He kind of just walks by and just kind of swats it away like it was nothing and went and helped this other guy. Oh, wait, hey, man, you're on the floor. Let's help, let me help you up here, man. You just beat that other person. I did what now? Which, and, and again, it's the... To him, like, he's never been able to find an, uh, find uh, another person to fight that he can't beat with one punch or one attack. Yeah. And to him, it's, like, this huge detriment. It's like, I want to be a superhero, but everything I fight, like, just does not last for more than one second in one punch. So an accidental hero. Very much an accidental hero, although, like, if you read the story later on, it's almost the entire organization of superheroes kind of grew up around him or because of him. <clears throat> but entirely accidentally. He doesn't even realize it at all. Okay. Um, and even in the superhero kind of community, he's actually one of the lowest rated superheroes because he failed the um, written test. That's cute. He super, like that. he super passes all the regular tests. Like, he's lifting, like, super hot, large weights. He's, like, sprinting faster than everybody else. And he's just, like, he's, like, just super strong in all those other aspects. Then he gets the written test and completely fails it. And as a result of failing the written test, he's like the lowest ranked hero, but he's like the strongest hero of all. So, um, but what ended up happening was is that um, there was a mo- the the manga who did a show called I Shield Twenty One, which is actually about American football. And I know lo- and okay, I know our audience can't see this here at all, but my mom was taking a note and then when I told her that this is about American football she gave me this like double take almost at me what yeah and to be honest it's very good interesting yeah Um, but they don't really understand American football but apparently a bunch of high schools in Japan apparently played according to this according to this manga a bunch of American a bunch of schools in Japan apparently play it and not only play it professionally for their schools, because remember, if you're in a club in, in Japan, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. But, like, they have entire tournaments about it. They have actual full, like, plays and strategies about it. Like, so as an example here, iShield 21 is about this kid who is this, like, super kind of meek kid that gets bullied all the time. But one of his indi- indelible sort of traits here, though, is that um, because every day he's getting bullied, he's forced to go get, you know, food for everybody else. Yeah. Um, it, who, the bullies who are bullying him. He's got to get to the lunch line to, in order to be able to get there quickly. And he's learned how to kind of run really quickly and cut in and around other things to get to where he needs to get to really easily. She's the perfect running back, but just doesn't know it. It's actually a cute, cute... Uh Storyline, and then what ends up happening here is that um, in order to, he doesn't necessarily want to join the football team, but eventually does want to join the football team because he thinks it's going to make him more manlier. Uh-huh. And the football team's only got like two people on the team. It's got a quarterback and a defensive line, one guy, and they basically bully everybody else into being a part of the club when they need when they would need to go play something, but they can't. The, 
they don't have enough members to really have a full proper team at all, so they can do very limited stuff. Can't run very many plays. No, if you're not practicing precisely. Um, so what ends up happening here is that um, his very good friend, like his um, like his childhood friend, is a, who's a, a year above him, is um, ends up be doesn't want to see him in the football club because she's afraid he's going to get hurt. Which is a fair, which is fair in most cases. So what they do is they put a helmet on him that's got like an eye, kind of an eye shield on it. Uh-huh. But it's a tinted eye shield so you can't see his face at all. And basically the quarterback who is this, who like looks like the devil in a lot of cases, which is kind of the funny joke of him. Uh-huh. His literal name is Saitama, which is also kind of an Anna, kind of like, it sounds a lot like Satan in Japan. Okay. Um, basically, like, made a point of saying that, yeah, this guy is from America. He used to be in the NFL at a, in a high school level. That's why this guy is so good. Like, building up this one other meeker character. And it's it's honestly very cute and very endearing. Like, they eventually get a full football team going. And they do run, like, legitimate plays. And there's, like, legitimate sh- football strategy there. And they reference a lot of American football much the same way, like Kuroko Nobasuke recommend, uh, references a lot of Japanese. It references a lot of um, American basketball. American basketball, like yeah. um, Michael Jordan. Yep. Um, even in, but again, that goes to my kitchen sink syndrome. In in uh, that, there's a lot of cool cool stuff in Japan, and they just try everything. I mean, like I could just run through the gamut of all the great sport sports based stuff that I've ever I've ever read. Um, like, they have one, they have, they have, again, they have a beautiful one about tennis. It's, it's interesting because, again, it, it, it goes back to the whole, the whole thing of, um, the anime that I watched was so much more about the people than it was about the events. I can give you a reason why. As an example here, if you look at Japanese superheroes versus American superheroes, like, if you look at Captain America, Captain America has the super soldier formula, and he's got this one set of unique powers. If you even look at Superman, Superman's got speed, flight, eyes, like, durability, strength. Like, he's yeah. got this very select power, set of powers, and they don't ever really expand. It's always the same collection of powers. And a lot of the stories in America and American stuff are about using your powers to do what you can. Uh huh. And it was an intent, and, the, and there was an intentional desire, especially in the early days of of American comics, to be the status quo because that way somebody coming into the comic would know, oh, this is Spider Man. Spider Man always does X, Y, and Z. So it was nothing new that you had to learn additional stuff about. You already about. had the storyline. You already, well, not only so much you had the storyline, but you already, you already knew who Spider-Man was. That's, okay. And it was more about Spider-Man introducing to new new and interesting villains and how he would get through that. Okay. And so we never, so you always wanted to keep kind of a status quo of your heroes because you were meant to kind of reproduce them all the time and you didn't want to constantly have your chiro, hero changing all the time because you'd have to explain it all the time and somebody coming in new to it would not understand or somebody who came in like, Six, yeah. seven months later would not be like, well, wait a second, why does he do that now? Or why does he have this? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But in okay. Japanese comics, though, it's about your character getting past stuff. 
you have to make yourself you have to get yourself stronger and you have to do you have to get yourself better in order to be able to fight what you're trying to fight okay so i'm going to give you a really weird example of that okay okay i've always liked the fact that pokemon both the trainer and the the pokemon itself Mm -hmm. level up yes and it's earned Mm-hmm. And they evolve and get to a better state. But nothing is just given to them. Nope. Nope. You have to fight and you have to earn to get to it and you have to get better. Right. And I've always liked that. And that sort of goes with what you're explaining right mm-hmm. now. It feeds very much into that whole sort of idea. Yeah. I mean, even if you look, in, in, again, if you even look at like American video games versus Japanese video games, um, like we can see a lot of American counterparts where like the character stays pretty static throughout the entire thing and kind of is the stories about them going through the story as we're in a Japanese kind of culture the characters are the story are the kind of the main focus of the story and it's the story that revolves around it's the character it's the story that revolves around the characters not the characters that revolve around the story okay so um but no yeah I can rattle off some great again just sports base here like there's one called Baby Steps where a guy literally learns how to play tennis through notes. Oh. So what he does is that he takes very, very detailed notes, like such great notes that other people could take his notes, copy them, and will be able to understand exactly what's going on in a class. He did that for tennis, and what he figured out was that he's got really good eyesight and he has really good control. So while a lot of other tennis players might have like specialty sort of shots or trick shots or something like that what he has is he has really good control yeah so he's got good placement as a result yeah so what he does is he when he plays tennis here he's able to divide the entire tennis court into like grids Mm -hmm. and aim for smaller spots of those grids on the tennis court to move his opponent around and then he also eventually throughout the entire game will eventually take enough notes that he realizes when a person does x y and z they're going to do this shot like if they're like if their arms a little bit lower, they're going to do a slice, or they're going to do an overhand spin on it to make it go f- to make the ball jump at me or slice or, at it or drop it. Yeah. yeah, or if they lean their body in a certain way, they're going to do a, like a slicing serve or something. Yeah. So he's able to kind of like read what's going on, but take the notes on it to eventually figure it out. Um, and he, in, in and of himself, there's a little bit of a romance in there, but it's taken all very like realistic. Okay. Um, my other, my one of my favorite Japanese manga is actually running for over a that is running over. I think it's now over eleven hundred chapters. Um, is a is a Japanese comic called uh, Hajime no Impa, which is a boxing anime, the most realistic boxing anime I've ever I've ever re- read. Okay, so so let's let's break this down though. You said eleven hundred uh, chapters. That means it's been running for like twenty plus years. Yes, it started. That's in, amazing. Started, I believe, if, um, it's up to I think twelve. It's over a thousand chapters. I think it's up to like, I think we're in the twelve hundred range. Uh, twelve hundred range now. And again, if you think about it, like a hundred chapters is basically you know two years. Is two years. Yeah. He's been doing it for. He's been doing it since if memory serves me, like nineteen ninety five is when he started it. Wow. Um, That's impressive. Again, if you, again, if you look at some long running series, they're kind of like that. Um, uh, Doraemon is, or here's another great example. There's a, there's a, there's a TV series and manga called 
Uh, here in the West, it's called Detective Conan. Um, I don't, I can't remember what it's called in Japanese right now, but it's not known as. Uh, oh no, excuse me. It's called K- Detective Conan in Japanese. Excuse me. Here in America, it's called Case Closed. Okay. It's basically, basically the story is, is that it was this like teenager kind of detective guy is like really good at solving crimes and being like a being like a Sherlock Holmes kind of guy. Uh huh. Um, he accidentally runs afoul of this evil organization that gives him a secret medicine that's supposed to see, supposed to in theory kill him, but actually turns him into a little kid. So now as a little kid, he's still doing like the Sherlock Holmes sort of thing, but. Nobody trusts him because he's like a seven-year-old, eight-year-old little kid. Might give you access, though. People slip up and say things they shouldn't in front of you because they don't that, think you're... That, that gets advantage, taken advantage of very frequently. Um, and often what he'll do is he'll, he'll, he'll dart somebody up and knock them out, but then he'll have, like, he, he has, like, a little bow tie that when he speaks into it, it'll match the voice of what they're saying. So he, they might be, like, kind of conked out and, like, just kind of slumped over, but they're talking still... And they're, then that person's up being like the person that solved the crime here instead of the little kid. Because the concern is that if you, the little kid you figured out was him, that these evil bad guys would come back after him again. Plus, he'd lose the advantage. Yeah, then he'd lose a lot of the advantage as well of being a little kid and being able to be childish, but still get away, still learn a lot of this information that other people wouldn't think about it. It's also run for about 1,500 chapters. And the TV series is in the. I think it's close to 700 to 800 range. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, One Piece is in that general ballpark as well. Um, but no, yeah, you were asking me before about a like a golden era of manga. Yeah. I would wager probably for the modern version of the manga here was probably the 1998 through 2012, 2013. Okay. Because that would have been the era of the big three, which again was Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. Um, this collection of these shows doing this, uh, these three uh, three manga here that basically just dominated the the scene in both Japanese animation and the manga. Um, lots of video games, extra stories, all sorts of stuff based off of it. Um, and then eventually what ended up happening was that Bleach actually ended up getting canceled because of low ratings. Oh, really? Because I know I, I I heard quite a bit about Bleach and thought it was quite popular. I it, I love it because I love it mostly because of its art look and direction. I find yeah. um, I kind of like the world as well. I thought the world was a very unique world. Um, but what it would tend to do is it would create a lot of characters, and you would always have be meandering on these other characters and not on the main character and the main plot. Well, Game of Thrones does that very successfully. Yeah, but like, but when I say meandering on it, like, you might have like the main title character Ichigo mm-hmm. appear for like three or four chapters within a year. Oh, well, that yeah makes because, it hard to yeah, and it makes it hard to kind of continue to follow along with it because you might be there for like six, you might be there for like ten, twelve chapters on there, but then you spend. A lot of additional other time, four or five chapters with these other characters, and another four or five chapters on another fight, and then another fight, and all these yeah. other fights happening. And then he might suddenly just show up, and he's really cool and fun and everything. But then it's all these other char- all these other characters he's got to kind of fight through, and it's yeah. like by the time it ended, it had too many characters. 
Um, Naruto eventually just ended because it ran. It's the artist literally ran his course with his shit with his comic. Like he just like this is the ending, and it's done. Um, and it, again, it ended at seven hundred seven hundred and one chapters. Uh, one Piece is still going, and I don't think it ever intends to end. Um, one piece is the notion here that there was a pirate called uh, Gold the Roger, uh-huh. um, who was the king of all the pirates, and he got captured by the by the by the Marine military, which is basically kind of the world police. This is a world in which like eighty percent of the world is covered in water, and there's literally islands that are kind of like dot the world like a polka dot dress. They're oh. everywhere. There's well, a- okay, so it makes sense that, that a Japanese comic would pick up that, that though, because it's Japan the, is, is a series a, of islands. It's very much a series of islands, agreed. Um, and every island's got a weird little thing about it. Every island's weird. Um, but basically, this one pirate, this king of the pirates, got captured, and when he was getting executed, he said, they asked him, do you have any last words? He's like, yes, I, held, I hid all of my gold in one piece. Ah. So he basically told everybody, I hid all my gold everywhere, you have to go find it. Yeah. And started this age of pirates because everyone wanted to be a pirate to find this gold and treasure. Yeah. Now, in the series, pirates are not so much pirates in the sense that, like, they plunder other people and then destroy land and all this other stuff. In that world, like, pirates are just... Like, privateers, real, realistically. Well, and, and actually, in the real world... They were privateers. They were privateers. They, yeah. I mean, they, they were investors. I mean, they, they were funded by investors, mm-hmm. and they were adventurers. And, yeah. Um, and they didn't exist for the sole purpose of plundering. They were they, they did, you know, rape and pillage the new world, but yeah. um, in any other world they came across. Yeah. But, but that wasn't the intent. It was really a, a financial. Yeah, it was really a financial venture, and the intent yeah. was always to be um, finding, like, like, you might... Like if you really want, if you wanted to be a nefarious pirate, you could be a nefarious pirate and plunder and all that other stuff. But a lot of times, if you were a privateer, you were just a person who got hired to take one one shipment from one place to another. And if you happened along the way and crossed the another person that might come and attack you, you would obviously have to defend yourself, or you might say, "Oh, hey, there's a bounty over there. Let's go take care of that." Or read about Sir Francis Drake or, or yeah. Walter Raleigh sometime. So One Piece yeah. is a lot like that, although like the intention is that like it's supposed to be there are good pirates and bad pirates. There are some pirates that are like give other pirates a bad name, and then there's good pirates that are obviously doing good. This is such a long running comic that after reading two hundred chapters of it, I had to stop because I didn't enjoy it. Okay, well, fair enough. But then, mind you, that that's still about four years worth of material that I was reading before I finally realized I didn't enjoy it. And that's going to be true of a lot of comics. Some people really enjoy stuff, some stuff, and other people don't. So what am I reading? So I've got you, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. I got you seven series. Oh, cool. Okay. And now, mind you, like a lot of these series, you're not reading the entire volumes of it here. Okay. If you were to read Full Metal Alchemist... Which is one of the show, one of the comics here. They're about forty to fifty pages. The first one though is sixty pages. Keep in mind the first, the first, um, the first chapter. Is I have usually, heard about heavy metal. Uh, oh, full metal alchemist. Full metal. Yeah. Okay. Um, full metal alchemist um, is a is a monthly series. Okay. So it comes out in a monthly magazine anthology that 
Um, and every chapter is about 40 to 45 pages long. Okay. And they're usually a lot more detailed because they have a whole lot more time to spend on it. Yeah. Um, but the first chapters of most series are usually about an extra 15 pages long. Okay. So if you were like a weekly series, you might have a 40-page long starter chapter, which helps you kind of build the world and kind of set, set up your characters. Precisely. Yeah. yeah. Um, in this case, the first chapter, I think, is like 60 pages. Okay. So, I'm game. So there's Full Metal Alchemist. Uh-huh. Um, you have the the next series I recommend is called, is that we're going to do here is called Death Note. It's the series I recommend to anybody who wants to get into Japanese animation. Okay. Because after just watching either the first two episodes of the anime or reading the first two first two ep- uh, first two chapters of the comic, you immediately know whether this is it, this is basically what the be- the greatest thing about Japanese animation is, is that it's stories that you couldn't tell in anywhere else because Japan was willing to give anything a shot and try. Like this is a show this is Oh, you're talking to a woman with a flirkin on her desk. That's true. That's true. But again, I mean like but this is a show like you would never see in America because then nobody would ever try to to like thought process this out. Okay, like, okay. Well, you you're forgetting that I grew up in the age of my mother the car. That's true. That's and true. and and we had night what was that? The one that David Hasselhoff won with the talking car. So a death, note, death Note I'll preface for you here is basically about a story about a kid who finds a notebook where if you know the person's name and you know their face, if you write their name in the notebook, they'll die of a heart attack in like a hun- in like a hundred in like 40 seconds. Oh, cool. Okay. So that's the premise of the and, story. And hence the term Death Note. No, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything else of it here because, okay. again, this is one of those shows I don't like to tell people about, but I basically point them to Netflix and I say, you watch, this sh- watch the first two episodes of this. If you're not hooked on it, then Japanese animation is not for you. Okay, fair but enough. But if you're interested in it at the end of the day, then Japanese an- this is one, one of the wonderful parts of Japanese animation that gets to tell you unique and interesting stories and cool, interesting topics that you wouldn't see anywhere else. Because, again, this... This one does a very good moral tale at the end of the day. Okay. Um, the next one we have here is we're going to watch... You're going to read the the chapters that are covered in the episode you watched of Kuroko no Basuke. Okay. And so this is the chapters in which uh, Amune goes into the zone. Yeah. And I, so... I'm curious as to how, how that looks on, on paper because that was very um, vivid. In, and it's very vivid in the... In the anime. In the anime. It'll yeah. be a little bit different here. Okay. Uh, the next one I'm going to have you watch is a very beautiful little shoujo series done by a beautiful team called Clamp. It's called Card Captor Sakura. Um, Sakura is a fourth grader. Uh-huh. Elementary school fourth grader um, who opens up a book and accidentally releases all these magical cards from it. And she's tasked with recollecting all the cards. And now all the cards become like different um, symbols of like the wind and like other kind of things that she has to kind of defeat and capture again. Okay. Thus card captor. It's a very beautifully animated show series. It's basically what a shoujo series would look like. Okay. So that's the, that's an example of this. So for, for girls. For girls, very yeah. much. Um, the next one I'm going to have I'm going to have you read is called uh, Gekkan Shoujo Nozaki-kun. This is going to be your example of a comedy slash uh, four yon comma uh, yon comma sort of series, because the entire st- each chapter is about fifteen pages long, but they're told in this four panel sort of style. 
Okay. So that's why I wanted to give you an example of this, and there's a couple of chapters of this. Uh, the next one here is called uh, Shokugeki no Soma, which is basically in America translated to Food Wars. <laughs> okay. Um, is this like Hunger Games? No, it's like Iron Chef. Oh, oh okay. So um, I picked out, um, like, and mind you, everything they do on here, they like the person's blog, there's people who blog out the actual recipes. You could literally make this at home. That's interesting. I mean, so I love the way you curate things because I've, I've really enjoyed, like, the, the Star Trek as, as an example, um, episodes I, that you chose. So I love the way you curate things because there's there's a little slice of, of everything mm-hmm. in it. I would have never suspected that you could have a um, graphic novel, basically, or graphic chapter mm-hmm. on Food Wars, on, on cooking. Well, there's, there's a very other popular one that I couldn't find chapters for at all, unfortunately, um, where they bake bread. I like baking bread. Yeah, I believe it's called Yakitake Japan. The kid, um, the manga here for Yakitake Japan, the basic premise is that this kid has unusually warm hands They call so, that they call solar hands. Uh-huh. The intention of it, though, is that the benefit of it is that when he plays with the bread and with all the yeast, he actually makes the yeast activate quicker yeah, so he can do unique things with bread that other people can't do because he can make the bread yeast activate quicker and thus he, does a little, he can do other stuff with it. And his intention is that he makes bread in order to find... Because um, bread in Japan is called pan, P-A-N. Okay. And they have like French bread and they have like all these other type of breads throughout the world that kind of signify that kind of world's... that area's bread. He wants to make Japan. He wants to make Japanese. He wants to make a Japanese bread, that, bread. Yeah. He wants to make a bread that symbolizes Japan. Oh. Thus, Japan. See how they like puns? Yeah, that's cute. So, um, and the very last series I want to, sh- I'm going to get you is called Bokutachi wa Benyo Benkonyo ga Denki Nai. Then it's a giant mouthful. In English, it's basically translates to "We never learn." Oh, that just that. Um conscious of all sorts of visions of people jumping off roofs. Okay. Um, that one is a school life series that has harem, harem elements to it. Oh. So, again, I got you. Again, I like to run the gamut and give you a lot oh, of other yeah. stuff. I think part of the problem I've had, though, with this list is that it didn't get you really anything that's very Jose or Senin-y at all, with the exception of Death Note, which is probably about as Senin as this will get. Um... Even, like, Full Metal Alchemist will have, like, elements of setting into it because it was aimed toward an older audience. Um, and a lot of this is very much off of Shonen, the Shonen Jump website. Okay. Um, and a lot, and, and just my tastes usually j- run toward Shonen stuff at the end of the day. Um, but this, this sounds like a, a great cross-section. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I got, a, I got you a big list here of stuff. I got you links and everything. Um... One of the nice things about Japanese anime, Japanese comics in America is that there's a lot of websites where you can read it online. Part of the problem, though, is that like it's not necessarily legal. Now, the stuff on Viz, Viz now, the stuff on the Viz website, they're showing for free, which yeah. is why I chose some of those chapters and some of those some of these stuff here was because it was free, free and easy to get. Okay. Um, other websites here are not necessarily 
they're kosher. Pirate. They're pirated. They're, they're pirated at the end of the day. Okay. Um, all these show, all this, all these stuff here are are essentially available in America for free, or not They're all available for purchase here in America. Excuse me. Um, under in subscription services. A lot of them under subscription services, and some of them no longer in print at all. Okay. And the ones that are not in the that's one of the reasons why I got the ones that were not in print anymore, like Card Captor Sakura is not in print anymore. Okay. So unless you wanted to in unless you wanted to go online and buy the volumes of it for like twelve bucks a piece. Yeah. Like yeah. I wasn't gonna find them otherwise. So Okay. Um everyone's got their own tolerance with, with pirating at the end of the day. Um I'm really of the opinion that if you have the ability to support it, you have to support it. Because if you don't support it at the end of the day, people don't get paid to do it still. Oh, I give money to Wikipedia every year. I, I give money to Wikipedia. It's why I still I still give money to Crunchyroll at the end of the day. It's why I still give money to Netflix, even though I don't watch as nearly enough Netflix as I really want to. Um, you got to remember that, like, if you it, it's also the same reason why everybody should have, should buy a copy of their local paper. Because yeah. good reporting comes from your local paper, and at the end of the day, if they don't have money at the end of the day to to be sustainable at the end of the day they're not going to be doing the reporting that's actually going to be useful to people when you're going to lose local reporting altogether yeah and ultimately that's unfortunately where i think things are going yeah and websites like crunchyroll and uh viz.com here which is the arm of the jump essentially at this point here um when they were here in the west you would just have the volumes of it and you would, in some cases, you, I waited literally three years for a next volume of something. Oh wow! Because it took that long for them to license it. Yeah. Um, but again, then again, Helsing is not that great of a show, despite what everyone thinks. <laughs> um, so, um, but if you have the, again, I always recommend if you have the opportunity to support it, don't pirate it if you can avoid it. Uh, in this case, you're like. Some of the stuff I'm show I, I have links to are on pirate websites here. There's a billion ads all across the page, but none of that money it will ever go back to the original art artist. But if I the, like it, I can subscribe to it. Yes, or to Viz. Yes, the other yeah. stuff here less so okay. because they're all pirated here. Okay. So um, if you're not able to read them or watch them because of that, that's okay. Keep in mind sometimes these pirated websites do show stuff on there that never gets licensed in America. Okay. There's this legal gray zone where if it's not licensed in America, it's okay to... There's no other way to re- to receive it, so this is the only way to get it. So there's a kind of a legal gray zone that it's, it's in there. Your brother took advantage of that legal gray zone when he was in Cambodia and downloaded all sorts of things that he was told he could legally do. So, yeah. yeah. So, But I'll give everybody this list online, and um, so that way you can read it, and I'm trying to not give it any real details about any of this stuff here so you can go into this cold what i will tell you though is that all these shows have at all these comics have anime for them that'll be interesting because I, I i actually may want to just to, to watch because i have Crunchyroll, so mm-hmm. i'm i may go into Crunchyroll and, and watch several of these after i read them yeah and again yeah. that and that might be a whole nother episode we do is where you read the com you read the you read these and then we watch a couple of the episodes for that, and you can see where the differences lie and how they reproduced or how they did stuff differently, even. Yep. So that might be something we can do at a later time here. But I think that'll be it for us here tonight. I think we've, uh, I've rambled on for nearly enough. Yeah. 
Um, so I want to thank everybody for joining us once again here. Um, please visit our website, thenerdtutorialpodcast.com, and you can visit um, our Facebook page as well as facebook, facebook.com forward slash nerdtutorial. Please rate us well. Please rate us on iTunes and other platforms because rating us well does help us out quite a bit here with getting uh, notoriety and getting people to also listen to us here as well. Um, and then, if you have any questions, comments, critiques, or think or ideas for future topics, please feel free to visit me at nerd underscore tutorial on Twitter and leave me a message, and I'll be more than happy to to start chatting back with you here. Um, but until then. Happy reading for these great manga here, and we'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye.